0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the little green pasture. Oh, I know it's called Joni Stall's Field Notes, but it has t- truly turned into something of a little green pasture where all of us, like little sheep, can come and dwell among the great shepherd. So I do welcome you here, and if this is your first time, you're so welcome here. Jesus always is saying, Come. I love it how it says in the first chapter of Mark when he was, when he came to Peter and John, he said, Come ye, come ye. And Jesus is always bidding us come. And as we follow along, we follow the footsteps of our great shepherd, the great shepherd of the sheep. Is he not always bidding us come? I want to talk to you today about the footsteps of the great shepherd, Jesus Christ. And as my manner is, I am going to pray and honor the great shepherd of the sheep, the savior of the world jesus christ the son of the living god father in heaven it is with great joy that i come before you and and so much happiness lord for you are our peace you are the one lord god that we're looking for to come back again lord jesus thank you so much for this new day I pray, let your living waters flow forth through me as a vessel, meet for the master's use. And I pray, Lord, that everybody is thirsty. The spirit and the bride say, come and let all those who thirst come and let them drink freely of their living waters and rivers of life lord be to us our joy and always bid us come up higher for your servants are listening lord they're listening to you be with my mouth and let your wisdom flow through me i'll follow you in jesus name amen You know, this morning I was sitting there in the dark and having a cup of coffee and my thoughts were going towards the Lord and, and I was flashing back on when I first was a believer and a young girl and all the paths that I walked in and the ways that the Lord has led me in and how many wrong paths I got into and, but he always, always as that great shepherd of the sheep had such gentle compassion for me and led me back on the path of righteousness that leads to eternal life. And my mind was just thinking about how, and maybe you can relate like i remember just growing up in the lord and just learning and trying my best and trying to live in this hard world and just being alive and being so human and yet being born again and learning and then trying to grow and be a an adult and that the long suffering of the lord was my salvation it's his salvation but i just could see in my mind's eye all the paths of the lord really were mercy and truth to me i believe you've experienced that too and i thought about what i was speaking about in this last in the last video that i made about and i use habakkuk chapter 3 verse 18 through 19 but the one i want to talk about is verse 19, and only one few words out of it, and it says, he maketh my feet, like hinds feet, and maketh me, to walk upon, my high places, Uh, uh, King James says, setteth me, upon my high places, and, so he's. so I thought about, That other translation, how it said, he maketh me to walk upon thine thine high places. Another place, no, it was another place where he said, upon thine high places. But the point I'm making is this, is that I started to really think about what walking upon the high places that are called my high places. I spoke about Asa having the high places not torn down. And you can listen to that. It was the one before this. And I really thought about it. I thought, you know, that's the only place in the whole Bible that says my high places. He said me there. But he had to give me hinds feet to get there. That's what Habakkuk said. And we know that a hind is a roe or a buck and you know how they can scale mountains where like they're almost 90 degrees sometimes and you say how do they do that but they have those the ability to do that and those high places are hard to get to and that's how habakkuk saw it you'll have to give me those feet to get up upon my high places and i thought you know are not our well, we begin to say my high places, they're really his high places. And I thought, you know, these are paths that we walk in, because it says he he setteth me upon my high places, and the other description was that he makes me to walk upon my high places. And I thought, Lord, are there are those not All the paths that you have taught me to walk on. Not the low paths and low places. Though it's good to be meek and lowly of heart. But I thought, Lord, there comes a point as Habakkuk seeing all the destruction of everything that he was part of. His people, his land, the temple. Everything's gone. Everything destroyed. The temple's burned down. People are taken away captive. And yet he says, yet I will rejoice in God. I will rejoice in God, my maker, for he maketh me, maketh me my feet like hinds feet. And setteth me upon high places or maketh me to walk upon my high places. And, you know, I really thought about all the paths that led me here even the ones that I turned out of the way and got distracted and I want to talk to you today about distraction paths and there's always distractions aren't there there's always something trying to get our attention here or trying to get our attention there and and you know there's been so much distraction lately I'm not going to talk about I'm not going to go into details about what that distraction is um you probably know what I'm talking about but I don't want to talk about it. I want to talk about the Lord. I want to talk about his paths and keeping our eyes on him and focusing on him. Because we're. I think that we're such a modernized um, kind of Christian that when we hear the words, follow me, that we go, yes, Lord, I'm following you. But, you know, truly, we are called to follow him the same way that his he called his disciples when he said come ye after me and i will make you to become fishers of men mark is the only one that put it that way and the other ones say come follow me no he no he he, I I think they just say, I think the other translation, not translations, gospel uh, books say, follow me. And they dropped their nets and followed him. And but Mark says, but I will make you to become fishers of men. And they were not fishers of men overnight. They were not even fishers of men after three and a half years during Jesus's Galilean ministry. And they walked all the paths that Jesus walked and they sat with Jesus and they ate with Jesus. And basically that's what that meant when Jesus was regarded as rabbi. And when a rabbi would say, follow me, that meant follow me to do all the same things I do. Think like me, spend so much time with me that you'll start to think like me and talk like me and perceive things the way I perceive you. you'll you be you'll become me in a sense the way you walk and talk and behave and your character and in that way we're to become like him and no one else no one and yet so many and I've been there before where I start following a person or a movement rather than Christ alone and back to what I was thinking about this morning I thought, you know, most of you uh, that have been following me for a long time, I have mentioned that I had a really terrible life growing up, like a terrible childhood and a terrible teenage life, and it was just all so terrible, and in it all, it was always alone. I had to be alone most of my life. I had to, I mean, I had people around me, things like that, but I'm talking spiritually. That it was Jesus Christ and Him alone that from my youth, because of how bad my life was, I had to trust Him that I didn't even really know at all. I had to trust a person that I would hear about, like Jesus loves you, He will care for you, all these things, but I had to walk that out. And I had to make all the wrong path choices. I had to fall flat on my face. I've had to backslide. I've had to go through all of that. And if it wasn't for all of that, I would never have ever tasted of the mercies of the Lord and his love for me. And though I would go over here and go over there or try this or try that or, you know, get, uh, buy into some lie, some religious lie, some new kind of teaching. He was always so good to me in such a gentle and long-suffering way as the great shepherd and bishop of my soul to lead me back saying, come ye, come ye after me. And he was always so nice about it. You know, I'll tell you, the, the religious machine is really, it's like a meat grinder. I'll be honest. I have never seen more in my life how awful people are to each other. The fighting, the debating, the defending movements, the defending uh, what they believe and the fighting and the eviscerating and all of that. And yet there's this voice that supersedes that and it's so soft. Come ye after me. You know, when John the Baptist was beheaded in prison and his disciples came to take up his corpse and bury it. And they went and told Jesus his response to them was, come ye. And he took them to the desert, he said, "Where we told them where you can rest a while. You know, in Psalm Eighty-five, thirteen. it says for righteousness shall go before him and shall set us in the way of his footsteps do you realize that each footstep that christ has ever made we're to plant our feet there and there's so many paths that that look good they look like or feel at times that you're on the right path, but you're going off a path that Jesus is not saying, come ye after me. I was thanking God so much today for that daily cross that I really didn't even know I was carrying back then. And I sat there, and for the first time in my life, all of a sudden, my soul welled up within me. And I said, Oh God, thank you for that daily cross that I've come now to love so much. For every prayer you didn't answer for every hard path because if I didn't go down those paths, I would never have known Jesus Christ and his voice and his voice alone and all the time that I had to keep going alone and going alone and going alone. It was because I kept hearing his voice, come ye after me. No matter what tingling sensations I was getting, no matter what excellent orators were before me, no matter anything, God always moved in my life, come ye after me. You know... In Isaiah 35, 8 through 10, it says, and a highway shall be there. This is a description. It's a short chapter in Isaiah, and it's about the millennial kingdom. But I, I chose this one because I thought about this as I was thinking about what I would speak about today. And I just really want to only speak from my heart because that is where the fountain is opened anyway. And isn't that where we want to drink from the fountain of life? I don't have anything to sell. I don't have anything to give. It's the, it's the living water that we are called to drink freely. Come ye and drink of the river of water of life. It says and a highway shall be there and a way, And it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. But it shall be for those, the wayfaring men though fools shall not err therein no lion shall be there nor any ravenous beast shall go up upon thereon it shall be not found there but the redeemed shall walk there and the ransomed of the lord shall return and come to zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads they shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away And as I started to look at that verse and started to think more about it, I said, Lord, is that highway that shall be there in a way, that way of holiness? Is that not just an extension of all the way that you led us through this dark shadow of death of this present evil age? And I thought, I think so. Because his ways are from everlasting to everlasting and it you're, there's not going to be and it's it's a way it says a highway shall be there and a way isn't that lovely and a way you know i learned something all those years of those picking up that cross and going after him no matter what condition i was in sometimes i felt like i was being dragged along crawling but something in me, the greater the greater that is he that is in me, than he that's in this world, he was the one picking me up. You know, it says in the word, um, in Psalm 40, he brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock. David talks about how that there was times where he felt like his feet were set on uneven ground. There's so much to be said about the feet, our feet being shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We think about how our feet feet are so significant to our walk that work even says how beautiful are the feet upon the mountains of them that publisheth the gospel of peace. I told you last you guys last time. That Jesus is our peace. Jesus wants to give you peace. There's a false peace. There's all kinds of counterfeit sensations of joy. But you know what? Anything that's counterfeit of the Lord is from Satan, and he will pull out that sensation the pulsations of, oh, I felt so joyful and I felt so full of peace. But then the next day, you feel miserable and dark because it was never his peace. It's just to keep you on that path, that, that false path that you think you're on. I'm speaking from experience. Like I said, I don't even, I'm not even am not going to talk to you about anything unless I've experienced it. Otherwise, what's the point? Anybody can say anything. And I think the greatest thing in the world is when you share your testimony, not what you read that morning in somebody's testimony, uh, devotion, which is fine. But I'll tell you when ears open up is when you just share the truth about what you experienced. That is the living water in you. It says he brought me up out of an horrible pit, out of a mire, the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth. See, there's always rejoicing when he puts us in the way of his steps. Jesus says, if any man will serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. And even in suffering, Peter tells us in uh, 2, 20 and 21, it says, for what glory is it? If when you are, when you be buffeted for your faults, you take it patiently, but if when you do well and suffer for it and you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God for even here unto were ye called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. You see, people don't want to really follow in the steps of Jesus because there truly is cost. You have to count the cost of what it really means to follow that great shepherd of the sheep. That means he may take you through some rough places where you may say, God, you're going to have to make my feet like Heinz feet and to set my feet upon my high places. And that becomes personal because his high places now become yours. It's very personal. I love it when Jesus says come ye when Jesus when the disciples were on the boat at night and there was a storm on that sea and they see Jesus coming to him and they said they thought it was a ghost and they cried out and Jesus said be not afraid it is I." eye Peter said if it is you bid me to come and he said come and you know, Jesus's ways are always peaceful. They're not noisy. They're not full of confusion. It's not always following crowds here and crowds there, trying to look for him here or look for him there. Look, he's in the desert places. Look, he's in the secret places. But what saith that the Lord is nigh thee? He's in your heart, even in your mouth. That is the word of faith, which we profess. Jesus is a very present help in trouble. You think he's just present in trouble? He's as he's present with you right now as the air you're breathing. Why do you think God says, peace, be still? Be still and know. It's it notice when you're still, then, you know, that he's a Lord. Have you ever heard of a Judas goat? A Judas goat could also be a sheep. In agricultural circles, it's not just a goat, it's a sheep. And I did a little research on it from some old agricultural manuscripts. But a Judas goat is a trained goat or sheep used in herding, in general, animal herding. The Judas goat is trained to associate with sheep or cattle, and leading them to a specific destination. In stockyards, a Judas goat will lead sheep to slaughter while its own life is spared. Who are you following? What are you following? Is following large crowds what you always are going to want? Or do you really want to know you're hearing the voice of your great shepherd? You know, he'll speak to you and say, come ye. I think of Nicodemus. He came that night. Nicodemus, I could see him, you know waiting for everybody to fall asleep and he was a well-known person obviously a chief priest and a leader of the San one of the leaders of the Sanhedrin and he came to Jesus at night I believe it was late at night under the co- cover of darkness and can't you just see that moment where he like taps on the door there's a little light inside Jesus is still up doing whatever he's doing. And he sees Nicodemus standing there, come ye. You know, I was talking to uh, emailing a friend of mine and I love her so much. And she was talking about how, you know, she was looking on social media and seeing all this internal fighting and everybody just brawling with each other over a certain event that's been taking place and and she just said lately I've just felt like something just has like she said slimed me like all of a sudden I just um, I hope I'm saying it right Crystal but it touched me because she said it's like everything like I just feel like just empty like, like I just like where am I like what's happening And I said, that's so interesting that you're saying that because I'm feeling that same thing myself for the last two weeks. And I had been looking at all that fighting and everything. And it's when I got away from it because I started saying the same thing to myself like, what is wrong with me? I feel like the bottom just fell out and I feel empty. And I'm trying to connect with the Lord. I'm trying to pray. I'm trying to read. I'm waiting on the Lord. And there's like just this absent feeling. But it's when I parted from that path and I turned to the Lord and I looked up to him that I felt his wonderful loving presence and a peace enter into my soul and she said she got to a place where she went to bed and she wrote this after I fell asleep and then woke up and was in that place between sleep and wake and in that place I saw Jesus was carrying me to the bedroom and laid me down and tucked me in and just sat and talked to me, which made me feel so much better because what I was feeling before was coming from what I was reading. He basically said everyone, including his chosen ones, are experiencing being slimed by the enemy more than usual. Like you're walking along. I think these are her words now. Like you're walking along and you step in a big pile of you know what or you stumble but it's happening more than usual I take it it's because of the time we're in and his coming is even closer than ever you know I want to circle right back around I think that's the answer before I circle back around that is the answer Jesus doesn't like all of that I think not I think I believe just in my to the degree of my knowing the Lord and following him is Jesus doesn't get involved with any of that he's not in the debate he's not in the brawl he's not into my side your side he Jesus way of taking things is and he turned and went into the wilderness to pray and he left them and went into the desert to pray now circling back around I will say this, what I learned. I learned to hear Jesus for myself. And Isaiah 50 verse 4 became reality to me. For the Lord God giveth me the tongue of the learned, that I may know how to give an answer unto him that is weary. He waketh morning by morning. He waketh my ear is that of the learned and see if the enemy can keep everything so noisy and so congested and so much clamor and so much noise and putting it on you that you have to defend his kingdom and you have to defend it against that there's this flesh fight. Let me just tell you right now, Jesus is not in that. It's like what Spurgeon said, a lion doesn't need to need you to defend it. It doesn't need someone to defend it. All you have to do is open the cage and the lion will defend itself. Leonard Ravenhill spoke about the Lord and that he did lead a very lonely life. And loneliness is part of the path that we're called to walk on. There is a loneliness to it where you just can't be doing that anymore. I can speak. I'll speak for myself. I don't want to go where it's noisy. I want the quiet path of Christ. Leonard Ravenhill said, and there was no room for him in the end. He got a bit older. There was no room for him in the family. His family turned on him. He went to the temple, no room in the temple. The temple turned on him and he died. And when he died, he died outside the city. There is a highway and a way and if you truly love the Lord and you want to grow in the grace and knowledge of him and you want peace in your life, his peace, not as the world gives his peace, then you're going to have to go after him. Jesus doesn't make things hard. He doesn't demand you to do anything he wants you to follow him stop looking to the right hand and to the left stop looking that way this world is at the end we are at the end and christ is coming again you know i think of cancer cancer eats its own body eats the body and this world is in its last terminal stages stage you know I'll tell you something I rejoice this morning in my daily cross that I have come now to love so much and my high places that he has set me upon and the joy that he has given to me he says my joy i give to you which now becomes he says and he says now it's your joy and my peace i give to you meaning now it becomes your peace and the things that jesus is and what he gives to you becomes yours you say my gospel like paul did or you say my joy that christ gave to me no man will be able to take from me and you become so full Of the fullness of and richness of jesus christ you say lord i feel that you have led me in a land full of brooks and waterfalls and fountains a land flowing with milk and honey with fruitful vines and the spices of the field and The Lord's gone before you. He is your shepherd. Listen to him. Follow him. And never forget, he's always bidding you, come. Come ye. And wherever Jesus goes, that is where you want to go. Let him lead you in everything you do, everywhere you go. Your life is not your own. You've been purchased with a price, the price of the Son, the only begotten Son, the blood of Jesus Christ. No higher price could be paid for your life. Don't give up your life and your will, even to your own self, but follow on to know the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy and with Him is everlasting life. Jesus, the Son of God, the great shepherd of the sheep, bless you today to follow in his footsteps all the days of your life, that you won't look any more to the right hand nor to the left, but that your heart will be fixed upon the Lord and your eyes fixed upon him, waiting for him, waiting for the sound of that last trump, pushing out the noise of this world and the confusion and false doctrines, false joy, and false peace. peace. Like Elizabeth Elliot always says in her podcasts, for his love is an everlasting love, and underneath are the everlasting arms. Stay on that right path. Jesus knows the way to his own country. Remember, come ye. It's always peace with Christ. Amen. Stay on the right path. On that dusty path where all the saints have gone that are now in glory. I don't want any other path. And I'm not going to miss that path. Not for this world. But I want the one to come. Amen.